Hey. Um, see, you you better than me. I'm empty. I ain't got nothing. That's what I had from last night. I literally just, like, rolled out of bed. <laughs> that works. That works. Let's, uh... I was like, this is what I look like right now. In 15 minutes, I would have to be on a thing. So, you know, now, now I'm here. Yeah, let's talk about rolling out of bed uh, during the pandemic at uh, 4 p.m. What's that? What's that? What's that like for everybody? Let's everybody. There's no shame in that. <laughs> um, so I saw a Lox, uh thing, and I generally deal with insomnia, um, like in non-pandemic times. Ever since I moved to New York, um, about almost like nine years ago, and. Um, yeah, you know, the even if I'm not consciously super anxious, it's um I feel like it's a subconscious anxiety of of just the the fren- fren- freneticness of this moment that um subconsciously just has me really wired and so I will oftentimes go to sleep sometime between 5 and 8 a.m. uh so last night, I don't know what time it was i don't know <laughs> it was late obviously if i woke up at like 3 30 in the afternoon um yeah we're feeling all right now yeah you know i still got a little crust in my eyes and yeah yeah well well thanks for joining us uh we're glad you're here as people tune in um hello to those who have tuned in uh my name is Tommy Franklin. I'm here with Sarah, who's been on Weapon of Choice, who uh, I, I think it was our first trip to New York that we interviewed you a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, just I've been, been loving uh, the friendship ever since and uh, grateful that you're around to chat with during this, during this time even. So um Thanks for joining us. We're going to just ask you a series of questions that if you don't like them, you don't answer them and just do it, do whatever you want. But we just kind of want to feel some uh, creators that we love out and um, see how some pandemic related inquiries and uh, what anything you might want to share with the lovely folks tuning in uh, because we need to feel a little bit of a sense of community without overloading on this virtual stuff. So we'll keep the interviews uh, short, relatively speaking, compared to our, our, you know, our traditional style of long form interviews. So, um, but uh, we all have so much time to, well, a lot of us have a lot of time to kind of think about um, future work, especially when so with some so much of us out of work, we can kind of only think about future work. And is there ways that um, this pandemic is affecting your uh, the way you want to put your authentic self into moving forward? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes. The answer is yes. Um, I mean, I think like folks might have been hearing a lot of people saying um, this this uh, quarantining situation. <clears throat> and I mean, the quarantining situation in tandem with with kind of the 
the special kind of chaos our world is right now. It's always chaotic. Um, the stillness combined with the current chaos, I think, has forced a very specific type of stillness for us. And I think that stillness, uh, even if we've been stuffing it down with, um, you know, other activities, whether that's like eating and snacking a lot or cooking bread for the first time or streaming a bunch of stuff or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's still more spaciousness, even amidst all that distraction we might be engaging in than we're used to. There's, there's more space. There's less people around us or there's no one around us. If you're like me and you, you live alone. So, I think that even if we are not taking intentional time for stillness, um, we are still forced a certain degree of stillness, no matter what we're doing. And in that stillness, I think many of us are consciously or subconsciously being um, faced with certain existential questions. We might not realize that that's what's happening, but I think that even if it's not come to the conscious level of our minds or formulated to the point of being words just yet, I do think that we are grappling with individually and collectively with the discomfort of our existence as it has existed so far. And I think in that, um, I, I think in that there is uh, an inquiry of what is my authentic expression now, right? What is my authentic expression as an artist, of course, but also what is my authentic expression as a human, right? Where do I, where do I fit into this big picture? Um, so for me personally, that's an inquiry that's kind of ongoing, pandemic or not. Um, but I think especially now, I personally know and admit that I've been in avoidance of a lot of things um, within myself over the last few years. I did a lot of deep personal work, um, just like deep shadow work type stuff, devoted like a half a year to a year to that around 2016. And after I was hoping I would get a break, I got a short break, but then life was still challenging. Like I got some shit thrown at me kind of back to back and, um, I went into like a depression for a while. And, and since then, it's just kind of been like this, just trying to almost like hold on. And like, I just haven't had the desire or the will, or I don't know what to like really go in and do the work. And, but I've known that the time was going to come where I was going to be forced to in some way or another. And I think that that time has come now that the work that I've been consciously putting off for the past few years in our work, uh, which includes, you know, just, general personal growth stuff but also is inextricably tied to my personal journey as a creative as an artist as a uh, entrepreneur um, person who uh, wants to positively impact community and society um, yeah I, identity for me authenticity for me is something it's like I'm kind of like more like meta answering your question as opposed to like directly answering your question in the sense of like I don't know exactly what my authenticity is yet um, in certain respects, but I think that I am being forced to contend with that both more in terms of who I am, what my authenticity is as an individual, and what my authenticity um, is in its um, expression of my work. That was really long. 
It's really great. I was literally figuring it out as in this moment. <laughs> um, do you ever, do you ever, uh, the way you react to a new idea, are you getting new ideas during COVID that you're reacting to your ideas differently? What do you mean? So like, just like a, a, a very, very trivial example would be if I get an idea for a scene in a movie that I want to write or even a movie I want to write, what is my reaction to my moment of having an idea for a particular creative thing? Do I, where's my notebook? Or yeah. do I take a walk around the block and think about that idea? Like, are you reacting to your own ideas anyway differently? Hmm. No. No. What's interesting, again, I'm probably going to just subvert your, like, question and make it a different one. And <laughs> Anytime. Or every time. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to make it a little bit more macro. I feel like I'm, and I'm not surprised, I feel like I, a lot of people like, I mean, I am kind of contradicting myself with the last answer I gave, but, like, how people are, like, uh yeah like you know like I'm just seeing shit I never saw before and like this is really making me like evaluate life but like everything's different now now that I can't see people one like I'm a huge ass hermit and like a recluse to like an unhealthy level so I almost never see people anyway I work alone I live alone um you know I'm an independent freelancer I work with clients you know and I'm on site here and there and I do leave the house and I have like two friends you know but um generally (laughs) I'm pretty alone um I have been avoiding facing a lot of things in my life, but I've been aware of that. It's not like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, all this shit that I didn't know I was facing, you know? And it's amazing for people that are having this opportunity for revelations. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, my life has changed in certain ways. Yes, it's surreal that this stuff is going on. But in a lot of ways, um, it's not that much of a departure of how my life has been and how my internal state has been. And so in that, I almost feel like in a, like, like a quarantine pandemic imposter because it's like I can't get down with everybody else and be like, yeah, everything's so different. And like, I just don't even know anymore. It's like I've been not knowing anymore for like years because I'm always in personal inquiry. So I feel like... Um, yeah, it's like a lot of my habits have not changed. It's like the same old shit. And so for me, that's been illuminating in a way of like the way that I've been fucking up on the same old shit for the last few years that I've been aware of. It's like even in the pandemic, it's just the same old shit. You still fucking up in the exact same ways. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just weird. I'm like, OK, so a pandemic pandemic isn't even going to like shake me into attention attention. Um and then that makes me worried. I'm like, what is going to like make it have me get my act together in certain ways? But um, I'm being slightly hyperbolic, but not fully. Um, I think that uh, I think that the, the way that the pandemic is impacting my internal world and the way that I respond to things, kind of how you're acting, like how is my creative process change or my ideation um, my reaction type ideas change. All those things haven't changed, but I do think on a nuanced level, um, I, I'm, I'm being shown that the problems that I thought 
were always there in my main problems, they're still the same ones at the forefront during the pandemic. So to me, it's in a very nuanced way, just showing me that the, the mundane, you know, mundane, like bad habits I have or thought, like, you know, limiting thought patterns I have or whatever, that's the same shit, you know, keeping me down. And it, it might be more subtle, but the subtle can be really profound. So, so that, that's it for me. If anything, it's just become a little bit more apparent, um, me needing to engage kind of my foundational self-work as it relates to both me personally and professionally. There's mm-hmm. an abstract answer for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you helped me create a new hashtag. You see that? What? Yeah. No. The quarantine epiphany imposter. <laughs> Oh my god, so good. That's all you. That's all you. Um, um I had a question. I don't know if we're taking people questions we can do them later. Uh yeah. If you're if you want to hang like so, you know, in this short interview window, I'll close the door, but I won't lock it. So if you want to open the door back up and answer a couple extra questions, that's up to you. Okay, cool. We'll check in when that time comes. Um that's cool. Um, so, you know, I don't have the numbers anymore, but, uh, it always stuck with me about two and a half years ago, Dina Hagag, who's, who runs, uh, United States artists was, was in town talking and she broke down like the study and the number of the majority, this just high, very, very, very high percentage. I don't know the number, so I'm not going to just fake a number, but it was a really, really high percentage, 70s, 80s percent. Um, of people who who claim to appreciate art, and then the in like the twenty seven percent of those people appreciate. Okay. Okay. Do you think there's, Do you think that there's a chance that uh? It's like little tiny bits. You said twenty percent of those what? Like you know eighty whatever percent appreciate the art, and like twenty percent, twenty something percent of those people appreciate the artist. Do you think that? people is, do you have any the slightest hope that people will start thinking about the artists who are making the art a little bit more with more time to consume so much like this is like the highest rate of consumption in human history when it comes to content you know oh, oh my god uh i feel like it depends on like who we're talking about the people are like who is doing the consumption so who's doing the consumption here? Who are we evaluating? You know, the people who claim to love art, like, of whatever form. But that could be people, like, is it, like, random, like, rich white people? Is it, like, people like you and me? Like, is you it... Know, I- I don't know the dem- the demo I don't know the demographic breakdown of the study, but I I don't think it was a whitewashed one, but it just It's more generic. It just it just sometimes feels that way when folks uh <laughs> Be different for me, like if I'm talking about like you know privileged white people in institutions versus just talking about everyday folk. Um, What do you imagine everyday folk? Yeah, you know, it is a huge gap in those numbers, so it doesn't like default to being uh, a little more conscious for everyday folk. So, what do you think? Okay, here's the question: like, why do you think there is such a gap in your mind? Well, I know I can answer the question. I, I have a thought. Cool. Um, 
I think I'm going to answer it in the context of everyday people. Mm-hmm. I think that like, for me, it's like, <clears throat> I'm a photographer. A lot of people that follow me on Instagram don't realize that, which is hilarious. But I think that all the photos I'm posting are not mine. Um, and I'm not crediting them, which is like really fucked up as an artist. They're my photos. If you're, if you follow me and didn't realize that, but anyway, most people on <laughs> follow me on Instagram, know me for my like little, um, tiny like writings and, you know, the caption, the longer captions I write along with them. They know me as a writer and perhaps like a facilitator and a space holder within, within wellness, I guess you could say. So the things that I share, I don't post a ton for a, for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is that it takes a lot out of me. Um, it's, it's like me giving of myself as cliche as it sounds. And for me already, it's like the, like the content culture in general, if you want to talk about advertising and media in general, and then the social media culture, of the internet culture, just like this really hyper-paced consumption. Um, it's really bothered me. It's like, it's all about quantity. And, and, and we've all, even if we're more conscious, have been wired in that way. It's just like, it's just become habituated in us. And so it's like, it might be like a, a two sentence little, you know, poem or quote I put out or, you know, uh, you know, two, 300 word caption I put out. Um, but it's, it's a, a meaningful piece of me. It's a meaningful exertion from me. And often I'm talking about things that I, I've reflected on about my, my process in the past or something I'm reflecting on in the moment. I might not, it might not come across, but a lot of times I am, bumping up against edges of vulnerability in in ways that are challenging for me i'm saying things that you know i feel like are my truth but i know won't get as many likes or will get unfollows and i do it anyway because i feel like i just i need to be me and in my truth and i need to be different shades of all of who i am i'll post some shit that I'm uncomfortable about saying or I'm ashamed about saying. I don't always write all that stuff and let it be known, but it's like, I am giving of myself. And, you know, it's just, it feels like I've been thinking about captions, uh, not captions, Instagram comments recently, right? And like just a day or two ago, it's like, I'm definitely in like my own, you know, journey with my self-worth and how it's exacerbated by the internet and social media and all this stuff and it really fucks with me and I was having a moment around just like really low self-worth self-hate type shit you know um I I've been really hard on myself the last year or so and I was just like man like even though you know folks in my comments like I know that they mean it it's like we're all, you know, like, oh, this really touched me or whatever, whether it's what anywhere from a heart to like, you know, a few sentence comment, you know, while I know it's genuine at the same time, I'm like, and then, you know, we're all going to move on. That comment was there. It was done. And, and then we're going to like the next thing and comment on the next thing and be like, yeah, screw right on time. Heart, 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 heart eyes fucking whatever emoji you know what I'm saying and it's just like 
we simultaneously mean it and it's empty at the same time because how much are we sitting with it? You know what I mean? How much is that like really, you know, meaningful thing, heartfelt thing that I wrote? It's just another piece of fucking content on your feed. You know what I'm saying? Even if it like really flipped the script for you, like think about something differently. Like you're like, damn, she just really read me. And you're like, damn. Anyway, look at this cute puppy. You know, like, and, and I'm not saying that to like knock, you know, uh, my community. It's like, I do the fucking same shit. Like I said, we're habituated into this. So like, but it really makes me feel like dead inside in terms of like what I share as an artist. And I know that like Instagram isn't the only platform, but I, I guess, you know, the, the output that I share most consist most often, even though I don't post on uh, Instagram that much is still like my writing on Instagram. It's the stuff that I'm outputting the most. And so, um, which then also goes on my blog, but, um, so that's like kind of pre pandemic, but so I think how the pandemic has me thinking about it is that I'm realizing the significance of someone like me, really any of us can be this to our communities, but I can speak from my perspective right now. Someone like me putting out, you know, thoughtful words on Instagram, thoughtful, my, my art, whatever you want to call it, right? My work. Um, and especially in a timeline right now where people are alone or relatively alone, less around people, more with their thoughts, more in isolation, more in being faced with their shadow, with their truth, with their reality and uncomfortable shit. I feel like I get the sense that things are hitting a, a little bit different for people now, like when they're seeing work like mine, because we are in this kind of forced pause even if we are uh, filling it up with distractions, like I said earlier. So I think that people on a really subtle way, I feel like people are coming around to, it's just like a, an intuitive thing that I have. That I think people are coming around to appreciate more, whether or not they even realize it. Um, the, the art makers and the thinkers and the community leaders in their communities, because they're realizing like, wow, this is really like medicine that I didn't even know I needed. Or like this person really helped me feel like not alone when I feel like hella fucking alone or confused. And that's the intuition I'm getting. I don't, I'm not saying that anything has changed the, the, the makings of the, the systems of internet and social media and content consumption are still more or less the same, but I'm wondering what that little planting of a seed of being like, this musician really fucking got me through, like in a different kind of way. This writer, this community leader, this healer, you know, this film, this, this little sketch, you know, fucking Jimmy Fallon banging on pots and pans with his kids and his like YouTube late night show, or whatever it is. Like, I, I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, and... I'm hoping that that seed will will start a individual and collective inquiry um, into 
into like, how am I really consuming, um, the art output content, um, and like, you know, space holding that all these, these, uh, artists and, and service people are, are, are gifting me. I'm really hoping that it will begin a more thoughtful inquiry about how we, we consume output content. Uh, that's, that's that answer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Um, what's um what's been helping you navigate your days uh uh when you're feeling creative or not creative but just when you enter or exit your creative moods what helps you uh navigate your days in these weird times okay so it's gonna be a really corny answer get ready tommy are you ready (laughs) i'm i think i'm ready i think i'm are you sure I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's, um, <laughs> so we've known each other. How long have we known each other? Like two years? Yeah. No, a year and a half. Right? No, two years. Sort of. Let's say two years. For, like, if we start from the internet. We met a year and a half ago. We've known each other for two years. Oh, okay. Okay. So I haven't known each other that long, right? And I already told you guys I have, like, two friends, right? So, you know, it's like the two friends I'm thinking of, okay, maybe three, like I've known them for like a decade plus. Right. But I'm really bad at keeping in touch. Um, and like, we all can kind of go into our own worlds. My, my few girlfriends I'm thinking about. And, um, like, I mean, not that it matters, but like two of them don't even live in NYC. Um, and, um, I don't, I'm not in touch with them a bunch, like here and there, but, um, and I've been really bad as a self-employed person for the last decade, not really having much structure, period. And so, like I said, my shit that I've had before is still here, including not having structure to the point of, like, going to sleep at 8 a.m. and waking up at 4, like, a freaking special person. So, you know, the the routine question is, like, an embarrassing question for me. But um, what I will say, you know, now to come to embarrass you is I feel like one of my anchors during this time has been you. I feel like you're the, well, you're like, you're the person I FaceTime with the most. And so I'm just like, all right, I'm a person. Okay. I'm here. And there's another person and we can like, you can be annoyed of me washing dishes on FaceTime. With you. I hang up the phone. Y'all. <laughs> so I mean, Structure and continuity um, and, you know, finding, I don't know, like flow and routine can look like so many things. Sometimes it can be just, you know, an activity or a person that you, you have with even some cadence of normally, normalcy. Like sometimes Tommy and I will like FaceTime every other day. And sometimes like, you know, one of us will like have some shit to deal with or be in a certain kind of space and we won't really FaceTime at all for like a week or two, like within the course of this like two month pandemic now, um, isolation situation. So that's that answer. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, was, that wasn't as corny as some of your other corny stuff, but it's all right. <laughs> 
the, the other day she she had me like she was doing something in the kitchen. It wasn't dishes. It was kind of preparing food, which is a little less annoying. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't like noises, you guys. So I, so I hung in there for a little bit, but she like put well, was it your phone or your iPad? Uh huh. Put your phone or your iPad at a very low angle. Made me a little bit uncomfortable because I was just looking up at you, and then you were looking down at me. And not uncomfortable from like that power. It just made me feel like creepy because I was like down here looking up at you. I was like, <laughs> that felt like a spy cam. Um, you, yeah, it felt like, yeah. Take it, it in felt, while you got it. It felt like <laughs> We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> is there, have there been any like, you know, because a lot of people come to artists in dire straits when they can figure nothing else out when the world is utterly confused a lot of people turn to art and artists for hope but like beyond hope what is um that might have something to do with community or just like a person perhaps a personal mantra of yours is there like a personal mantra of any kind or some type of solidarity um positive thinking that you have experienced during this time Mm. beyond just striving to be hopeful? Mm. Not really. Uh, I will say, this is again, not directly answering your question, but like, I'm not like, I have like a Saturday night thing, um, like gathering with a few girlfriends where uh, we each pull like a tarot card. Like w- we all have like a themed question. Like maybe the very first one we did, it was like, what, you know, like we, like the question was like asking something around like this time and what's going on. And so we asked like, our, when, for our pull, our individual tarot pulls, we asked something to the effect of like, uh, various permutations of like what is the the lesson in this time for me or something like that right and I'm not really into tarot um like the, obviously my friends are a lot of people I know are um I didn't have a deck and so I would have like a friend to pull for me and then like some some Saturday nights I'd be on and other Saturday nights I wouldn't be on um and then um just one thing led to another Um, and kind of how the universe would have it is I ended up getting this Oracle deck, which is not like a a traditional tarot deck, but it's like different, like archetypes or symbols or whatever. And they're, depending on who you pull, um, it tells you, um, some insight or wisdom related to that, the archetype of whatever given, you know, Oracle deck the theme is, (laughs) Maybe like two weeks before we went into isolation or less, I saw uh, my astrologer um, and I've seen her maybe like three times ever. First time I saw her was like, I don't know, six years ago or something. Her name's Elaine Harris. She <clears throat> and uh, she gives like really long readings. And so I had like this pretty um, 
you know, standard, like three plus hour reading with her 10 days to like two weeks uh, before we went into isolation. And at the end of her reading, she has people like pull like either from like little like I forget what they're called runes, like the Oracle stone type things or like various Oracle decks or whatever. She has like 20 of them. She's like, pick one and pull a thing. And then we're, we're going to close the thing with that. So sometimes she'll like, let me like pick the thing and be like, you pick the Oracle that you want. And and this time she was like, I want you to pick from this deck. She was just like straight up said it. And I pulled a card and it was like so on point that like I had to kind of like shut myself off and not fully react to it. And she took a picture of the cards and uh, the cards that were my pull. And she was like, just reference this later. And so like, it's not like, I'm, you know, a month later, like into the pandemic, I'm like reading it and I'm just like crying. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's just really reading me in terms of like deep shit that I have to work on a lot of pain, shadow stuff, you know, my avoidance stuff. And, um, and, and that was that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I really need to work with like the insights and wisdoms that are on this card. Right. And I kind of put it aside. And then one evening, this like, you know, uh, Bruja circle that we have on Saturdays, um, a new homegirl comes into the circle and she has, uh, she has like her own, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, this, you know, some people have like really interesting polls. So they're like, oh, this is my deck. You know, I use this deck. Like, here's the one you can check it out. Like, here's where you can buy it. So she had like a, a really profound deck. And so we created a Google Doc and a couple of the women in the circle who had um, decks that people were really interested in, they posted links to it. And so the woman, my friend Akila posted also a deck and I really liked the pull she was getting. So I went on the dock to look up her deck. And then there was the other woman deck who was posted too, which I was like, I don't, I don't know if I need that one, but I clicked on it anyway. I was like, let me see what, let me see what it's talking about. <clears throat> And I pulled, I looked, I saw that deck and I was like, oh shit, it's the same deck that my astrologer had me pull from like a month ago. Right. And I was like, that's weird. Cause I didn't even want to look at that, this recommendation, but I just did. Right. So I was like, I feel like I need to get this deck. So I, I got the deck and then I was reading up on the background of the deck and it's called, it's called the wisdom keepers deck. And the, and I remember being like, when we were doing um, tarot, I was like, man, why we got to do tarot? I mean, this probably really, <laughs> me. I don't know the full like history behind it. And obviously <laughs> everything comes from people of color and black people in Africa. But like, I was like, well, you know, I know tarot to be like white people thing. Not, not to say like, we can't like white people stuff isn't awesome too, but I was just kind of like, I, for whatever reason, I don't like historically haven't connected with tarot that can always change. And I totally respect people know really wise, brilliant, amazing, like connected people that practice tarot. So it's just coming for whatever my, my own like personal thing. And I was like, man, why we got to do tarot? Why can't we do like the I Ching or something? Right. Which is like a Chinese like divination system. And it was just like my little thought with myself. And so I'm reading up on this deck and it turns out that um, the deck is based partially on a, I don't know, I, I guess you could say like a 
a, a divination system, like kind of comparable ish to human design or astrology or whatever called the gene keys. And the gene keys are based on the, the, the fucking I Ching, <laughs> the 64 hexagrams. So like, Oh my God, I ended up getting the Oracle deck that is like based on the I Ching. And I was like, why can't we do the I Ching? This is nuts. Right. So I go onto the, the, um, the gene keys website where you can like pull like your chart of in that system. And so I pulled my chart and I don't, I like, it's pretty complicated system. So I don't really understand it at all. But from what on face value looks like is like your first card, your most important like symbol or whatever in it. I forget. It's like called a life purpose card or life work card or some shit. So the very first one on the top of the diagram, therefore I, I assume it's the most important one was the same exact card that my astrologer pulled for me was like in my like birth chart of that system. That was like, oh, that's crazy. So Tommy, like, Tommy doesn't like astrology. So I was like talking about this. He's like, why are we talking about this? But like, this is how I'm answering the question. Right. And so for me, the closest thing to like, <laughs> the closest thing to like a mantra or like a positive thought or like whatever, you know, has been uh, as of the last week or so this deck. And I, it's not even necessarily positive. Like I don't love using the word positive thoughts because it's like binary, whatever. I don't like using negative, whatever. I try not to, not to say I never do. So if you catch me on these streets, like don't try to call me out on it. But like, um, I, they just have like really deep um, insights. And so I try to pull a card. I ask a question most days and I pull a card. Um, it's called the Wisdom Keepers deck. For all you nerds out there. Oracle deck. And and I will just, yeah, pull a card and like each each card has like a kind of like a, a sage or a wisdom keeper associated with it. This woman channeled the deck. She's a PhD, I forget in what. But she, each one has like a, a like a wisdom keeper sage oracle person. And there's like a story that goes along with each person, like in the guidebook. And then there is um like kind of a, a short paragraph about what the insight or the lesson that they want you to walk away with. And it's interesting. It's like, you see, like, say like the name of the card is strength. Like you, you think that the lesson would be, or the insight would be like very literally about strength, but like in the little insight section, it's actually about compassion. So it's like, it's really deep and layered how <coughs> about things. And then it has at the very end for each card, a series of like, questions or inquiries or prompts to ask yourself so um i'm feeling called that i should do this um so i obviously can't dig into my deck and find that one card that i pulled so i'm going to read it from the screenshots that my astrologer had me take i'm not going to read the story but i'm going to read the insight and the questions for contemplations and so shorter um tommy i know that we're like almost an hour (laughs) No, we're not. We're, we're only... We're 40 minutes into a 15-minute conversation. But yeah, what's time anyway, right? Y'all want to y'all wanna hear what I have to say, right? Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the card that I pulled is card number 47. So it's also 47 in the I Ching. 
and it's titled uh, Transmutation. And it's supposed to be, again, this like card that's like my main card in my gene sheet keys chart. So it's me, it means it's like a core part of like my like identity or being and journey in this life. So I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, transmutation. I'm also Scorpio moon for people that do care about astrology. So it's like transformation every day, all day, death and rebirth all day. I have Pluto in my first house of identity. Pluto is also planet transformation, fucking dark underworld shit. Your girl is just like, the universe is supposed to kick my ass. This is what it is. And so that's where we at. So, um, kind of salty, but (laughs) trying to embrace it. So anyway, the card is called transmutation. And, uh, the, the gift of it is, so this is also based off of like the I Ching or whatever is, uh, the gift is transmutation. The shadow is oppression. The Siddhi, which I assume kind of means like the state of being is transfiguration and the programming partner. I don't know what that means is number 22. I think it probably references the card or the, the hexagram 22. There's also a little quote that comes with each one that I like. The only way to transcend suffering is to move more deeply into it. Embracing every feeling and event that comes to you. I'm like, bitch! Ah! Ah! Okay, so now here, <laughs> shut up, Tommy. I can feel, I can feel your scowl. <laughs> I'm smiling. What are you talking about? Okay, so the insight is, I am here to ask you to move forward. Uh, sorry, I am here to ask you to move towards that which terrifies you. You may think you have a fixed identity, but you don't. You are forever changing. You're designed to bump up against limitations and then dissolve into something else. Transmutation is the key to your evolution. I come when it's time to hold nothing back, to embrace everything and to live dangerously. Release all definitions of who you are or what you're capable of. Get comfortable with fear. Willingly take the lid off of Pandora's box. If you truly want to transcend your suffering, move deeply into it. Surrender. You can make a quantum leap at any moment and your true purpose will be revealed. That's just the bars. Okay. Questions for contemplation. Have you given up on your life? Real talk. I feel like that like very frequently in like the last six months or so it's been a dark time. Um, Do you sometimes feel like no matter what you do, your life won't get better? I'm going to keep, I'm going to stop saying all the sidebars because it's like, yes, to all of these. I've been, I've been in, in some tough places. So like, I'm going to start all over just so you can hear them for yourselves, whoever's listening. Have you given up on your life? Do you sometimes feel like no matter what you do, your life won't get better? What are the fears you refuse to face or deal with? Do you feel best when you're mentally certain about something? Do you ever feel oppressed by your own mind? Is it hard to relate to people who think differently than you? Think of something that truly scares you. Move towards it with a symbolic or creative act. Reflect on a time in your life you experienced transmutation. Um, So that's, uh, you can also probably, my guess is, look further into the hexagram uh, number 47 in I Ching to get even more wisdom about it. You can look into the Gene Keys book. Um, If you get the Wisdom Keepers deck, there's a little story that goes with it. Again, for those just tuning in, 
Wisdom Keepers deck. It's an Oracle deck. It's it's quite powerful. Um, I don't know much about Oracle decks and things like that, but and why I even found out about it was like I was basically like googling like what is an Oracle deck? How do you do this? How does someone make it? I I think that people just kind of intuit. They create their own system. Um, and this woman apparently channeled it. And I think that why people get different decks and things means uh, is because the energy in each deck is different based on what the creator of that deck has challenged, like the quality of their channel of, of their, of their signal of their transmission. Um, if you know what they've trans, uh, what they've channeled and what they're transmitting, um, you know, is in, in this alignment with you. Each each Oracle deck is kind of going to have a different vibe, a different theme. But I, I do, I am starting to get the sense that each Oracle deck has its own energy. So not all are created equal is, is my feeling. And I do feel like um, this is a really powerful one. Um, I'm going to ask uh, the, the first question from earlier so we don't decide to go down. Last Tommy, before we cut out on Instagram. So just... Um, oh, What'd you say? Instagram's going to cut out in 15 minutes. Okay. I mean, I got to cut out in 15 minutes, so that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I got to go deliver hundreds of Mother's Day cards. So I got to get to the post office and do more pickups before I get to the post office. But um, anyway, yeah, everybody check that, check that out. Hashtag Dear Mama campaign. But I want to ask uh, someone's question that they posed. Yeah, there was questions and comments i think that toward the beginning uh hawk <laughs> if i'm saying it right hawk dot g asked uh how does self-inquiry shadow work and creativity relate to relate to spiritually for you uh, or, wait, again? or they phrase it a different way in the in the comments uh spiritually how does self-inquiry shadow work and creativity relates to one another. I'm trying to go up and look. Through. Are you able to see the question? Yeah, I saw it a while ago. Um, are you are you able to hit the question mark uh, cards and then it, does it pop up for you? No, I don't get that. Um, oh, okay. Um, I, sorry, I'm like a visual learner as opposed to like a audio. right. How does spirituality relate to shadow work and creativity for y'all? Um, for me, well, for me, first of all, shadow work is part of my, I would, I would say, hmm, it's like those, it's like almost like you can combine all those things in different ways. For me, shadow work is part of my, I guess you could say spiritual practice. So, um, and I would say that both spirituality and shadow work both relate to my creativity. I think that, especially when you talk about my writing, I think my writing is completely connected to kind of my intuition, my, my spiritual practice. And, and inevitably, like if you're actually genuinely engaging in a spiritual practice, you are confronting your shadow and not confronting your shadow in, in spiritual work or in self-development work is, um, it's 
spiritually bypassing. It's like being on some love and light, fake ass bullshit. So, um, if you have like a, I don't know, I don't have like a really, really specific answer to how those show up in my work. I, I just, I, I feel like that is my work when you talk about my writing. It is, it is about personal inquiry. It's all about personal growth. It's, um, and I think the deeper that I go into my shadow, the deeper I get into my truth. And that doesn't mean like sitting in my shadow and like wallowing in it, but like the, the deeper I face my shadow, transmute my shadow. And I saw a question about transmutation and I'll, I'll answer that in a second too. The transmute, transmutation basically means to like change form, transform form. Uh, so, um, to to alchemize if you know what that word means into something else to 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 shape shift it and and into something else usually for for um to a higher vibration um or to something that would be of greater service so for me the deeper i go into shadow work the more i'm transmuting myself and therefore the more i'm coming into my truth and my work is always better then I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, oh, we got another one. I don't know. They're like, they're kind of mixed around. Uh, well, is, 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 I think we can do another six, seven, eight, six, seven minutes is, um, don't like, do an audio test real quick is um so like i don't know what is is the shadow a spirit or is it a consciousness like i don't understand oh you don't get it <laughs> um, I, I, I get when you're talking about but like just the word like what is a shadow is like when you refer to a shadow yeah shadow is basically like um i know not much about it um as like a uh, like a term in an area of study beyond kind of what uh, superficially I know about it and what I intuit it to be. So superficially what I really briefly know about it is that Carl Jung, who is, um, was like a, 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 a like a, a psychologist, and like a psychological consciousness, like researcher. Um, like he came up with like a lot of terminology that like new age spiritual people use. Um, like I think he came up with a concept of, or the word of like, collective consciousness um of the collective unconscious and of the shadow that was a big part of his work from what i understand so the shadow is basically um again like i haven't actually read into like what he defines it as and everything but um it's it's a part of us like what you would intuit it to be It's it's the parts of us that um we are ashamed of or afraid of or don't want to look at it's like the kind of like the quote-unquote like darker nature within us all is like one part of it it's like you know when people talk about like um you know like criminal acts and murder and things like that it's like if you've ever heard people kind of be like actually like anyone could be capable of anything it's just like put them in the right situation you know and have like the right trigger blow off you know what i mean so it's like the shadow work is that it's like you know it's uh, or the shadow is that the shadow is kind of the, the the part of us that is 
is kind of the 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 darker side of things. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Or like, I guess I'm just like avoiding <clears throat> terms. But like, I, I don't like using binary terms. But like, you know, how to put lower self. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't like using that again because it implies that shadow is bad or lower or less. But like, just to get the point across, like you're your lower self self or like if you're thinking about it in converse to higher self or like um uh you know i don't like using the word negative positive thoughts but like your negative stuff but i like to call it challenging thoughts and things like that so the parts of you that um are like the opposite of like love and light <laughs> the parts of you that are your unresolved patterns the part of you that is your conditioning the part of you that is your ancestral trauma the part of you um, that's like your past life trauma, if you believe in that kind of stuff. So just like all the more challenging shadowy stuff is the shadow. Um, it exists within Jung's paradigm, but then it's also, like I said, used within like spiritual, um, and like metaphysical and mystical, um, traditions and, and self-work. I hope that helps. Oh, most definitely. Cause there were, uh, there were also some people in there who kind of had that question about the shadow, um. Yeah, Carl Jung is like the Kobe Bryant of psychologists, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm father of psychology. Thank you, Saiba. Um, I think we're gonna wrap up. Um, I got some. Uh, I got a lot of hustling to do. Oh, uh, I didn't get that grant in today. I fucked up. I procrastinated. I mean, because I was like on the fence about even applying for it, and then like I got into it this morning. I slept like three hours, and I opened it up this morning. I was like. Oh, I think I can get this knocked out in a couple of hours. And there were like six drop downs with extra questions. I'm like, oh. Oh, fuck. And then I started to compose the document and I was like, ain't gonna happen because I got to keep breaking this up and going, making runs and stuff. So uh, I'm kind of kicking myself because if I would have just answered one question a day for 10 days, oh, a month ago, <laughs> I think this was, I could have maybe got close to getting my hands on this. Yeah, for a couple years. But just, a year per year. Uh twenty-five a year for two years. And then they they but they have one next year for filmmakers that's like thirty grand, but you can't apply until twenty twenty one. But I'm just gonna learn my lesson. I'm gonna take some deep breaths and uh Make sure that I uh, stay. It's, it's just for me. It's about reviewing the application. Which I think that's all I need to do to be on top of my shit. Then I can still like slug, but if I don't review it, I set myself up. And I did knock that one out last week in a few hours. But fuck it, you know, we gonna move on. <laughs> we gonna fucking move on. But I did. I did submit for one today for a documentary filmmaker emergency COVID fund that the last time I submit, I waited till 9 p.m. and it was full. So it reopened this morning and uh, I got up in that shit. So. I've been a grant applying machine. What's up? I said Tommy's been a grant applying Oh, no, fuck. I mean, I hate this shit with a passion. So. It sucks that we have to do this. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna get in and retire after my rookie year. I started writing grants like last fall, and I'm fucking gonna retire <laughs> come this fall. 
Like September second, September first. I'm putting like my last grant. So no one send me no more goddamn grants. And and then I'm gonna fucking retire. And I'm like my uh, in solidarity with some people, but especially my friend Crystal. Uh, we're gonna find another way to survive as artists. Um, and uh, but no shame to no shade and no shame to people who get all up in them grant guts. And there's gonna be a special grant rant. Welcome to Choice Podcast episode. You're going to love it from artists ranting about the grant system. So, um, but yeah, thank you, Sarah, um, for doing this, for going longer. Um, thank you for everyone that hung out with us and was in the comments. I'm sorry we didn't address them as directly, but I, I did see see a decent amount of them. And I really love the conversation in the comments. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Again, for, you know, sharing personal uh, stuff with us. And also, yeah, people, like, this is the time. Go look at Sahara's website and the amazing photography. And, and it, it, you know, if we have short attention spans but want substance, Sahara's Instagram page is pretty much all, as far as you need to go immediately in the immediate um, meantime and, and also yeah we're gonna save this in the live IG TV that's what it is yeah and but like I'm gonna releasing these mini episodes on the podcast feed starting next Monday Tuesday Wednesday I'll probably release one every Monday Tuesday Wednesday as long as we're doing it we've got more interviews tomorrow uh, we've got Bronte Velez tomorrow we've got April K on Friday we've got more artists next week and we'll hope to continue this. And anyone who's watching, you know, hit us up, DM us, let us know what's keep keeping you alive, what art is keeping you hopeful. You know, I'm recording this, so I'm just going to get all of it out the way. Subscribe to Weapon of Choice Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You won't regret it. I promise you won't regret it. If you have a little bit more time with this slowdown and you like podcasts, just, you know, I'm just saying, all right? And Sarah, did you get a t-shirt yet? No. All right, I owe you a t-shirt. You want me to send it or you want me to give it to you when I'm back in New York? We'll figure that out. We'll talk. <laughs> All right, everybody. Oh, hold on. Y'all can still hear me? Yeah. All right. Anything else to hear? We got a minute and 20 seconds. No, that's it. Thank you, uh, Gavin and Hachi. Y'all really kept the, the comments going. I appreciate you and, and everyone else, too. Um, I feel like people like me talking about Oracle cards and reading shit. Like, maybe we'll do a poll on my on my live. <laughs> Tommy won't be there. <laughs> there were some people... There were some people... Uh, I can't confirm it, but I think there were some people in my boat, too. I can't confirm it. But there were definitely people vibing with your with yours for sure. I wasn't not vibing with it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thanks. I'll see you later. All right. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Peace.